This is Cowboy Ethics Indiana with your host, Dwight Mowdy, sharing his passion for the program. He will discuss the origins and dive deeper into how the cowboy way of life inspires Cowboy Ethics Indiana and future generations. Now to your host, Dwight Mowdy. Hello, this is Dwight, your host for the Cowboy Ethics Indiana podcast. Today we have the awesome intern, Lily. Hello. My professional producer, Brian. Hey. And a special guest today is our biggest Cowboy Ethics supporter that always is there for us with the program. Who is who is your bigger supporter? Jim Kuhnschmidt. All right. Hi, Jim. So um, it's been a little while since we got together due to weather and everything else, but I do appreciate a lot of you have been getting on to Spotify and checking out the podcast, and I hope you find it enjoyable. It's going to become more uh, every month as we go along, but it's just weather and, and illness <laughs> kind <Yeah>. of mess <laughs> things up. So um, what we want to do today is just get some of Jim's impressions and where he sees things coming from. So the first thing I would like to talk with him about is how we got to know each other. And believe it or not, it was not in cowboy ethics at all. It was in a, a political area of we were working on the zoning ordinance and Jim came to the meetings and was showing his dedication and involvement to making it, the county better. The and, Farm Bureau meetings, you said, you know, right? No, it was actually the, oh, it was the actually city the council. County, the county, county council. Yeah, just to give you a real quick, the county, first they tried to put an ordinance through that would have told you what you had to have your house look like, what trees you could plant. Well, Farm Bureau aggressively did a public relations campaign and stopped it. So then I went in six months later and said, we stopped it. Now we're ready, willing, and able to help fix it. Mm -hmm. So I ended up being the chairman of the committee of 16 people. Okay. And we spent two and a half years rewriting the ordinance. And Jim started coming and had a lot of valuable information and questioned some things that probably needed to be questioned. And that's kind of what he's been doing for us. As we got to know him more and more, uh, some of the issues changed. But Jim's one of those people that, buddy, when he digs into it, he's going to know the details. He's going to find everything for you. And if you ask for one page, you're going to get four. But, <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but he's going to get it done. And so then I introduced him to our Farm Bureau, County Farm Bureau Board. And we actually gave him a position where at first he was our, I guess you would call it our uh, research director. And now he has a position called issue engagement, where when he finds a topic or an issue that we need to, to work at, he starts it out. He gets the people together. He mounts the, the effort mm -hmm. to make sure we're doing the right things. And so once he got on the Farm Bureau board, he found out about cowboy ethics and really took hold. Um, he is just always in support. I mean, if you want to get pep, pep, pumped up, call Jim. He'll get you pumped up. Um, but anyway, I'm going to let Lily jump in here and ask a couple things of you and then we'll come back to me all right so i gotta start off with this what was your first thoughts of dwight when you first met him because i feel like everybody's thoughts of him are different but lead to the same conclusion <laughs> well 
I would honestly say that um, I recognized Dwight's passion when mm-hmm. I first met him. And uh, w- when we started talking about cowboy ethics, which I had no idea about uh, at first, I recognized that he really believed in it. And so I started looking into the, the program a little bit and the 10 principles and realized the value in it. Uh, and when I saw that his, his passion was really undying, I mean, he wants to grow the program and he's grown it tremendously since it first started out. And um, it's something that is missing in a lot of the educational system that we have now. So would you say that his program is a, obviously a positive, but Mm -hmm. how do you think, what do you think it accomplishes? Well, I think it accomplishes uh, kids learning how to uh, be successful in life. Uh, it's 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 principles to live by, and uh, if a person makes a promise to you, uh, you expect them to keep it, and if they don't keep it, then you tend to not be their friend anymore because right. you can't count on them. Right. So obviously, this program's kind of resonated with you, and you have a passion for it. Just learning from it from Dwight. Why do you think it resonates with other people, especially young kids? Well, uh, the young kids, I think, are uh, semi-bored with some of the uh, coursework that they take now. Uh, Dwight's not only developed um, the principles, but he's developed exercises that that illustrate the principles. And the kids are interested in those exercises. They participate in those exercises, and they get eager to to hear about. And I'm going to jump in. I will say this. I truly believe that kids of all ages are looking for something. Mm -hmm. They want something to believe in that would give them hope. And Brian, if you think back when we did that one video Mm -hmm. for your um, local, Mm -hmm. one of the things that we talked about was that I I told Brian, everybody's looking for hope. And that's what we try to give them. We try to give them that positive. Even if it's not going great now, how can you make it better? Right. Exactly. And I think it should be mentioned at this point, real quick, Lily, and we've said this before, she's been my student since fifth grade. Mm -hmm. And it just shows you how the cowboy ethics program can really make a difference with with students, with with young people. But what's surprising, when we go to some of these local community service groups, Lily went to me with uh, the Dunlap Noon uh, exchange so many of these older and middle-aged folks came up and shook our hands and were thanking us for what we're doing so it that's and it was definitely the same kind of enthusiasm that the young kids have in the classroom you know they wanted to know more they had their questions and when Dwight could answer them appropriately and confidently it changed something in them. They wanted to know more. And I kind of think that's the same thing that kind of happened with you, Jim. I think it, once you found out about something that connects with people so easily, you want to know more about it. And do you think that's kind of why you wanted to get on board with helping to deliver this program? Absolutely. Um, I saw it as being very worthwhile in teaching kids life skills, Mm -hmm. Uh, how to be a successful, uh, how to be a good team player, uh, how to evaluate uh, right from wrong. Um, sometimes they were not getting this uh, out of schools or out of the home. And I think that this is uh, 
Joyt becomes kind of a role model for these kids. Yeah. And uh, with his passion comes through. So you would, as I think we can kind of conclude here, you're definitely thinking this program's important. Do you see, as someone from the outside, like we've discussed, and you've been there when we discuss um, in front of the people at fair, when we're at the booth, you jump right in there. And like I said, you obviously have that same passion. You think it's so important you want to share it as well. And I'm going to steal Dwight's question here. <laughs> Where do you think this program could lead? Uh, I think it could lead to other age groups. I think it could go from uh, elementary school to high school and even even into the adult community mm-hmm. because it is still uh, teaching people life skills and ways to be successful. Yeah. And successful, it doesn't always happen the first time. You know, you just have to know you got to get up and dust yourself off and try again. And it's interesting you say that because when we, I have talked to Oh, Goshen Kiwanis and things like that. Um, after we present it and go through it, usually what I hear is from the older folks, wow, I forgot about that. Because we grew up when Jim and I were younger, not you guys so much, <laughs> but when we were younger, everything was cowboys. When we were kids, 10, 15, 12, it was all cowboys in the books and everything else. So the older folks would go, I forgot some of that. The young folks go, this is the greatest thing I ever heard of because it talks about standing on your, for yourself, the individual strength. And it, we also tell the kids it's never easier to do the right thing. It's easier to do the wrong thing. That's the easy way out. So sometimes you got to kind of suck it up and, and do what needs to be done. Principle number four, by the way. <laughs> okay. Very good. Um, something else, um, something kind of recently we're in the works a part of part of right now is uh, our Ag Day. And Jim, you were a part of our Ag Day yeah. last year. Um, so f- despite you know being uh, an outsider and you know touting it from the rooftops, city slicker. Okay, yeah, city slicker. You know, <laughs> uh, a city slicker touting it from the rooftops about this program. You've actually had hands-on experiences uh, with the program. How do you think, from your personal experience, because you were one of the people touring these kids around the Ag Day, showing them the animals, how do you think that affects them? Uh, for one thing, I think a lot of them are seeing things that they've never seen before. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of them have never seen a live cow uh, or other farm animals. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're learning that their food doesn't come from a grocery store. It comes from a farm. Uh, and that's very important for them to know. Because what do you do when grocery stores don't have food? Right. Oh. Well, and I think part of, of that question, too, um, Jim will tell you frequently, especially when he's talking to the state organization, the Farm Bureau, <laughs> that, that we need, right now we're losing farmers at a, at a terrible rate. And his position is, in stealing his thunder a little bit, is, Let's concentrate on keeping the people that want to be in farming, not the ones who want to sell out to various green organizations and get out of the farming. Correct. Let's keep the people in the farming. And I think that's where we're building the cowboy ethics. And I've said this many times. It opens the door because everything that the ranchers and cowboys do 
is agriculture. Yes. And it opens the door to go into more. Like now we have egg hatching and we have, we have one class that's teaching from the, about agriculture every week. And that comes from starting out with cowboy ethics when we did some of the activities they did, like the cattle drive, and when that are fun things. That and that's, I think that's truly the way you get the kids involved is making learning fun. Is it may not be as easy, but it's fun. And so that's that's why I do the things I do. Exactly. I agree, and I think, like we've talked about that passion that you have for Jim, you know, a little. Little side note: We were at an Ag Day meeting a week or so ago, mm-hmm. and just before I'd left, uh, you know, Jim knows my plans that I want to continue working for Dwight and his program. Almost every time he checks in, you know, how's how's Cowboy Ethics going? How's the program? Oh, it's going good. You still got the passion. Still got the passion. <laughs> every time, like clockwork. And you know what? It just means it just shows that. For me, the passion's there and the passion's for other, is still out there for other people. And it's neat to see somebody who's now in the program that once wasn't in the program to see that passion develop for somebody who is outside the program. It's a different kind of viewpoint and it's very fascinating to watch unfold. Well, and as we've said before, I added it up again just recently. We reach about 2,000 kids a week through some form or another. Um, the Code of the West Minutes or actually going into classrooms uh so we're reaching a lot of kids with the message and it's pretty cool when you walk up to a kindergartner or walk into the school and they all come running out and have to say hello and Mm -hmm. hugs and the guys have to shake hands which is one of the things we've talked about before is we don't i don't high five and i don't fist bump but i shake hands and again i know you appreciate learning that in the right way a lot of our educational system is is uh, teaching kids what to think. Yes. And cowboy ethics uh, teaches them how to think. You present them with uh, a problem. You have them work as a team. Mm-hmm. And they have to solve the problem and come up with the reasonable solutions. Yep. Uh, and I think that's a very valuable part of the cowboy ethics uh, whole program. So, Jim, put you on the spot here. <laughs> <laughs> you got your card there, I saw. If you were going to pick which principle you think is the most important. I kind of uh, anticipated that question. <laughs> <laughs> but I couldn't pick just one. I uh, I picked, first of all, the talk less and say more. Uh, because learning is a process of listening, not talking. Um, but I also like do what has to be done because uh, that's work ethic. Mm-hmm. Uh, and kids Absolutely. have to learn that you have to do whatever it takes to get done, uh, the project in the proper way. And then when you make a promise, keep it. You know, because yeah. if without that, you can't count on people. Okay. You can't get things accomplished. And then writing for the brand is one of my favorites because it's, it teaches loyalty as a virtue. I agree. Yeah. That's uh, I I personally ride for the brand is is mine because again you're doing what needs to be done for the group. It doesn't maybe your personal ambition has to be put on the shelf, but one of the ones we stress with the kids is do what has to be done because mm-hmm. we tell them honestly 
there's going to be times where it's not fun, but you got to get done. And we usually use the example of testing. There's nothing fun about testing, but it has to happen. And you have to give your best effort with it. So sure. I agree. You know, I would have thought you would have said talk less, say more, because you would rather have ice cream, but that works too. Yeah, while you're, while you're talking, I can be eating ice cream. <laughs> there you go. No. Brian, do you have anything you'd like I to ask just, Jim? No, I think, well, yeah, uh, I was trying to think here just a little bit deeper. So like, Jim, maybe with the, the people listening, and we've heard from Lily and Dwight who are, you know, have been living and breathing this, but thinking about you know, parents and educators and, you know, why would you, if, you know, if you put yourself in, why would you want your child to maybe take part in this program? Or I, mean, I think you've kind of covered that, but just, you know, how would you feel if you knew your kid was in a, this program? Well, I've seen, I'd feel great if he was in this program, he or she, uh, because I've seen the results that come out of it. Lily's a good example of that. And, um, She's not the only one. I mean, we've heard comments back from teachers. I've heard them through Dwight uh, that kids' behaviors actually change as a result of this program. And some of the teachers' biggest frustrations are that their kids don't behave in the classroom. But when Mr. Mowdy walks in, that changes uh, because he's taught them the proper way to, to uh, go about things. And that's what the value of the program is to me. I mean, it's it's there are ways, different ways of going about um, daily life and and problems that you run into, and you have to learn civil and uh, mm -hmm. uh, intellectual ways of dealing with it. Absolutely. How do you think this would, uh, you know, helped you throughout your life in in your career? I mean, it sounds like you're pretty grounded, and you know, these are probably principles that you had in mind. But how do you think this might have helped you? Uh, I think it would have kept me on the straight and narrow path. Um, luckily, I was not the kind of kid that, that needed discipline imposed on him. Mm -hmm. uh, I could learn from what I saw going on around me. You know, if uh, if somebody got in trouble for something, I thought, well, maybe I shouldn't go down that road. <laughs> uh, and so I didn't need to be punished to understand right from wrong. But... What I've learned through my life process and, and my job, uh, you know, work history, I should say, uh, is that learning is a continuous process mm -hmm. all through mm -hmm. life. You don't get your degree and stop learning. You don't get, you know, a college degree and stop learning. You don't get a master's degree and stop learning or a PhD. Exactly. Life is a continuous learning process. And if you treat people the way you would like to be treated, it goes a lot better. And I'd like to jump in for a second and say that as you're speaking these words, I can tell that, you know, to our viewers for sure, it's true. You, the way you talk about this program, and I think the reason it connects with you so much is because you're a lot like Dwight. You truly believe mm -hmm. in what this program teaches, but you also live the way this program teaches. You know, yeah. you, the first time I met you, this was a while, I don't know, two, three years ago now. Probably. It was... Dwight had asked me to come help set up the Farm yes. Bureau booth. It was at it was two years ago two at years the Farm ago? Bureau bo booth at the fairgrounds. Jim came in to help set up, and Lily was there, and my two grandsons were there. Well, and... what was the confusing part is you had when I first I was just kind of getting yeah. introduced to the program, yeah, yeah, yeah. and you had Jim Kuhlenschmidt, you had Jim 
Dwight's son. Oh, and then yeah, you yeah. had another gym on the Farm Bureau board. So it's like, you know, coming in, it's like, all right, I'm just going <laughs> to roll like seven with it. people setting up that day. And Easy we to remember were... the names. Huh? Easy to remember the names when no. they're all gym. You, you ask one gym, all three <laughs> yeah, turns. Yeah, it was pretty interesting. But I was, we were helping set up and uh, Jim strolls in and the, I'll never forget what he wore because he looked like he was like, you know, Italian and he was just going to run everything. He was blue jeans, black belt, white t-shirt, gold chain. And he has a white mustache. And, you know, it just looked like hat on and everything. I was like, oh, he's just, he's just going to run it. Didn't and, look like a cowboy? Um, well, sure. We'll go with that. And um, it was, we were, we got set up on doing something. And um, everybody was kind of sidetracked. So it was me and Jim. I think we were working on one of the banners that we had, mm-hmm, the metal banners. Mm-hmm. And Dwight was in a conversation and me and Jim were struggling. Like we couldn't figure it out. And we were both laughing because instead of getting frustrated, we knew we'd figure it out. There's two of us, mm-hmm, you know, he's, mm-hmm. you know, he's a brainiac and yeah. I'm a high school student, you know, <laughs> we got some common sense here between the two of us. So we're working through it and we eventually get it. And we kind of, I remember the way we finally get it all set up and presented and we kind of look at each other and at the same time, you know, I was 17 at the time and Jim is yes. older. We'll go that way. <laughs> We, Just a little more mature. <laughs> yeah, there we go. More mature. We um, both exhaled at the same time. And I remember thinking, here we go. And from that day on, our friendship started. And I think I'll let Dwight take the lead on this story. But we, I started working the fair every year after that. And yeah. Dwight would get phone calls from Jim. Yeah. Like I said before, Jim would call and see if she's coming in. Um, it the, the The benefit of it is... When we're that one building and building F, there are certain days, Brian, where we'll see 10,000 people go through. And one person cannot get the message across. But when I've got Jim and Lily, we all might be talking to people about mm-hmm. what's going yeah. on. And I have, well, I'll show you, to tell you an example, I now go down to, it's called Adams Central. It's in Adams County, which is two counties up from where I was already going. It's it's an hour and a half drive. Mm-hmm. The teacher came because she'd heard about the Elkhart County Fair. And she started talking with either Jim or Lily. And then she went around somewhere and she came back. And she goes, how do I get this to my school? Mm-hmm. She teaches in middle school and high school. And so now I drive down there on Monday, stay overnight and do the next school on Tuesday. But that's the way this program goes. We have a school in Ohio that it was all done with Zoom. And and he was so proud of the fact that he got his real cowboy hat and boots that he had to show me. But And I keep, like we try to emphasize, it's not about the hat and boots. Mm-hmm. It's about how you're living your life. How are you getting things done? Mm-hmm. And, and that sense of honor that goes with it. Um, so, you know, Jim lives that. He embodies mm-hmm. that. Lily does too. Um, my really, really good friend, Blake Dorio, that, you know, mm-hmm. he's a Senator. He said to me one time, he goes, this is a natural for you because this is you, this is what you live. And I said, I don't know any other way. So, you know, it's, it's, I'm lucky to have these two on my side. I, I wouldn't know what to do without them. Well, one thing I would want to add is that, uh, this has universal appeal because mm-hmm. you found out recently that it even has appeal across the ocean. Yeah, when we were down at Nashville, which was a few years ago, 
when I came home from bad shape. But anyway, we won't talk about that. Um, while we were the the American Farm Bureau mm-hmm. picked the program as one of the top twenty five in the country. All right, cool. And while we got to, we were there with the booth and everything. We talked to, we tracked it. We talked to twenty five different states. Mm-hmm. Um, Nebraska started it. Kentucky started it. Um, I can't remember the other states have all checked into it. The interesting one was the lady from the EU from Sweden came over and said, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen. And she was telling us that they show the old Westerns Mm -hmm. in their evening TV shows. So she took home posters and books. I mean, we loaded her down. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. And she goes, I'm going to make this happen. Plus I know what you're talking about now. Have you, I think we've talked about Trent Luce yeah, before. Trent Luce, yeah. Well, Trent did an across the pond tour. Mm-hmm. Started in Quincy, Illinois, and another friend of ours who we're going to talk to later on in uh, on a podcast. We all drove down, and he has a he has two gentlemen, one from Scotland, one from England. They go on. They they do it every morning, and very much share the ideas that we have, and so he had his like meeting and then they went back to the hotel and he goes you need to come to the hotel to this room so we go in and we're sitting there and uh the wives go off to eat and we're sitting there and we're people are still talking a little bit and trent goes okay dwight now tell them about cowboy ethics (laughs) and so we start talking about it and the gentlemen from great britain come over and are like this is the greatest thing I've ever heard. How do I get this back to our country? Well, we've kept in touch. And the thing I've noticed the most is you plant the seed. Mm-hmm. It yeah. takes a little while before it happens, but they've stayed in touch with me. And they, and I mean, they're, in, they're what, how far away? 5,000 miles. I don't know whatever England <laughs> is. That's a different world, yep. but the, but the qualities, the, mm-hmm. the principles resonate there as well. Absolutely. And it's just, I mean, it, and so who knows how far it could go. And didn't you get a phone call once from Israel? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I forgot about that. Lady saw, she worked, she wrote for the Epic Times Israel version. Mm-hmm. And she saw the Epic Times about cowboy ethics. And so we did like a half hour interview on the international line. Yeah. She wrote a big article about that. Um, I have on our Facebook page. I have followers from all over the world, different countries all over the world. A lot of them from South Africa and things. So it, it's really cool the way it doesn't just have to be in, you know, in the mm-hmm. United States. It can be everywhere. So closing thoughts? Uh, I would just encourage people to look into cowboy ethics if they haven't heard about it already. Um, I think Dwight's plans for growing the program are uh, very exciting and i think lily's involvement is going to carry it to uh, future generations even Uh, and that makes it exciting to me because uh, it's very worthwhile Uh, it teaches you the life skills that you need to have it teaches you a healthy conscience is a good thing it teaches you to commitment Uh, and as far as i'm concerned commitment is one of the most underrated uh, values in society. Uh, been married for 55 years now, and that's commitment. And my parents were married for 59 years before one of them passed away. 
um, it's it's carrying through with what you know and believe in and uh, committing yourself to whatever you're going to do is one of the most important things you can do. Lily? Well, I'd first like to say thank you, Jim, for coming on here. You know, it was a pleasure to hear your thoughts, especially because known you for a few years now and i don't think i've heard half the story so <laughs> well and i don't think you were real comfortable talking on the microphone but you did great yeah you did amazing and you kept telling us how you couldn't talk on a microphone but i think you did fine yeah i think you did amazing and so yeah your thoughts were really appreciated well that wraps up um you can see if you listen to this where my future lies you can see where my support lies um i'm like i said i'm very blessed to have both of these on my team they're awesome kids and awesome young man, or older man, I guess I should say. Experience, I think. Is that yeah, right? Seasoned. Hey, I'm seasoned. close enough to him. We're both seasoned that way. So thanks for listening, folks, and stay tuned. We'll have another one out soon. If you want to know more about the program, contact us through our email, cowboyethicsdwm at gmail.com, Facebook page, Cowboy Ethics Indiana, our website, cowboyethicsindiana.com, or by phone at 574-360-8646. Also, shout out to Greg Hager for the use of his song. You can find him on most music services or greghager.com. Mm-hmm.